You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. What have you got there, Sid Talk? Put in? No. It's peanut butter on a spoon. Similar to put in. <laughs> no. So um, that is not the before the after the show discussion. By this the way. is Happy Star Wars Day. This is not. That was like an hour and a half ago. And I am not saying the that phrase. That was the after the show, before the before the show discussion. The, f- the phrase that everybody says for Star Wars Day. I am not saying it because I don't agree with it. May the fourth be with you. Don't agree with and it. And I don't have a lisp because it's just some somebody who is undisclosed said, "Oh." 4th of May, May the 4th, and did that, and then made that Star Wars Day. Shouldn't be Star Wars Day. It should be a historical significant day in the Star Wars thing, which would be Memorial Day 1977. Whatever day that was, that should be Star Wars Day. Anyone who's listening, this wasn't much of a discussion. That's pretty much how it went. But anyway, happy, it was, <laughs> happy Star Wars It was Wars a one-sided day. monologue from you about your... And you don't normally protest many things. But Star Wars is it's very just, precious to you. I just, I'm, I see people saying it all over the place and it's just like, yeah, okay. Pretenders? Yeah. Yeah. People who are not even Star Wars fans. Exactly. Um, it's just one of the, it's like a Hallmark invented. Hallmark didn't invent it. They sell cards It doesn't it. matter. They didn't invent it. They didn't Some knobhead somewhere saying, did it. I'm saying it's like a holiday. Like a holiday that's. So you're saying happy birthday is a, is a bullshit like too? happy apple pie day. What about happy birthday? How about happy anniversary? Well, birth... No. Yeah? I'm talking about the ones that have faked. Where do we draw the line? Who cares what day I was born? Like, happy um, French onion soup day. Because somebody said that somewhere, and then it's a thing. Oh, really? I think you're exaggerating now. There's no happy French onion soup day. There actually is. <laughs> there isn't. There is. Look it up. There is. I don't, I'm not doubting there's a French onion soup day, but there's no Correct. Hallmark card that says it. Oh, I don't mean a Hallmark card. I'm saying it, all this is, is somebody said it. Somebody went, oh, that's clever. Let's make a day out of it. But this one actually doesn't makes really sense. deserve a day. No. No, it doesn't. It makes total sense. May the 4th. It makes sense, but it doesn't mean that should be the day. May the 4th be with you. It shouldn't be the day. They base the day on a joke. <laughs> based the day on the day the first movie was released. So what are you saying? That the whole thing is a joke? Like Star Wars is one big joke? No, that Star Wars day is a joke. <laughs> so, um... Ooh, I'm glad that discussion... Oh, and also, over. free... Oh, dear. It's also free comic book day. So, um... And we got Archie meets, meets, meets Kiss. Kiss for our free comic book. <laughs> on our comic book readers. Yeah, so, yeah, what's cool is, like, free comic book day has been going on for years and years, and you go to your local comic book shop, or, you know, main some of the chains participate, but generally comic book shops, and there will be some... F- the publishers make special comics for free comic book day. And what it actually has become, though, is because they're only available on that day, those comics, they've become, like, collectors go and get free comic book day comics, and then bag and board them and then sell them in years to come because they're worth a lot because it's that one that you could only get on or, that day. Or, as we've heard, Walter from The Stash in New Jersey, which is associated with Kevin Smith World, uh, he puts out the shittiest comics that don't sell. And right. just, he hates, from what I've heard on him on a podcast, unless he was bullshitting, 
people just come up, as we all know people will, if you say free shit, there are going to be people who just come and he's like, they never come in this store. No. They're never coming in this store again until next year. If we come. And they don't want to take just one. He's like, and we can't police it. So they're trying to sneak the one in here and one over there and one in their bag and give out every kid. They bring every kid in with them. Take one, take one, take one, take one. And it pisses him off. But like, yeah, there is, really the there is that where the comic book... Why did it start? Where the comic book owner can put down just surplus comics. But now sure. it's turned into the... Well, Marvel prints a special limited edition comic for Comic Book Day. And that's the comic that all those collectors are trying to... Right, so those assholes show up at the store and line up. And line up and get that. Whenever little kid or somebody who might needs be Needs like, a free comic. Well, because yeah. what it's actually about is getting people to read comics and getting them into it by having a day where you can give them one and then they can go, well, that's cool, and get into the yeah. hobby or whatever. So... All that collecting bullshit where the where the eBay people come and let let's bring ten people with us and get ten of them. I'm about to violate the no swearing rule, but they're greedy fuckers. That's all they are. Correct. So there um, we go. We've got the F word out of the way. But we we thoroughly did the modern version of Comic Book Day and Free Comic Book Day and got one off Google Play. So um, Kiss Archie meets Kiss is what we got. I love Kiss and you like Archie. I like Kiss. And also uh, featuring the uh, teenage. Uh, witch Sabrina. Sabrina, yeah. Also. So there you go. <laughs> it's quite quite the crossover. There's witchcraft and monsters. <laughs> Have you read it? Yet? I read some. I got up to page twelve. There's, I'm actually going to read it. There's you know the Frankenstein and Dracula and, Paul and Kiss and Sabrina. He's not Paul Stanley. He's Kiss. No, he's, he's not Kiss. He's part of Kiss. He's they they all have a name, you know. He's like I know, but not in the comic book. He's the Star Child or something like that. That might be how they introduce themselves. Yeah. So. It is Saturday, May the 4th, 2013. May the 4th. May the 4th. <laughs> and it is, uh, this is After the Show, episode 273. The movie we're going to be looking at this week is Mama. And this is a 2013 movie. It'll be released. Ah. It will be released on Blu-ray on the 7th of May. So that will be this Tuesday. Perfect timing. You'll be able to go and pick it up Mama. then. Mama. What's that from? Um, it's Queen. Oh my god, you are so good. Just from that. <laughs> oh, wow. That is awesome. Uh, the movie's rated PG-13. It's from our friends at Universal. And Sid Talk's going to give you a synopsis of Mama. Mm-hmm. This one's a little trickier. Uh, there will be spoilers, probably. Yeah. Usually. Yeah, let's just say now. You should just watch it. Yeah. Um... Regardless of what we say about it, good or bad, whatever we end up saying about it, I say watch it and then come back and listen because it's going to be really hard to tell you what it's about without telling you what it's about yeah. <laughs> or what happens. But um, opening scene, yeah, the setup. The setup is a little lame, but we'll get to that. But uh, two little girls basically end up in a cabin in the woods alone. Little girls, a three-year-old slash four-year-old and a one-year-old. And fast forward five years. They are discovered. Sort of wild children have been raised in this cabin in the woods alone, uh, quote unquote. Because that's part of the poster. Are they really alone or whatever? Or the one of the things on the website is, are they really alone? And as you find out, they go back with this uncle and this lady who doesn't want to raise kids or whatever. And there's something sneaky going on. In a supernatural kind of a way, there will be a ghost involved. 
And that's it, really. So, yes, that's synopsis. So, <laughs> so Sid Talk, Mama. I would not be good in Hollywood. I would, like, uh-huh. nothing I ever tried to sell to anyone would ever be even probably understood. No. So, Mama, what did you think? You can go first. I actually really enjoyed it. Now, it has its pitfalls, obviously. I don't... I, it's hard to describe some of them. I'll just say... Part of it is that I don't give a shit about the characters. No. I could describe some of the pitfalls, actually. Well, that's my biggest one, is I don't care about the uncle, and I don't care about how it got started, the financial crisis caused the dude to lose his mind and kill some people, and blah, blah, blah. I don't care about that. Not that I don't care about that, but they don't make they don't present it in a way that makes me care about these they people. They present it in the, the way lots of Hollywood movies present it, in the unrealistic... These people are very realistic, uh, yeah. stereotype people who you can't care about. Yeah, a wealthy it, dude. It's impossible to care about them. The financial crisis has hit him hard. But you don't see it, nope. and it's too brief, and there's no development of it. None at all. Right. Like, there's no emotional attachment no. at all. Um, so that's one of my pitfalls. Is that not one single grown-up, because I care about the girls, because they're fantastic. Played fantastic, good characters, everything. But the grown-ups, not one single person. There's a doctor involved, and there's this uncle, and this woman is the girlfriend of the uncle. And then there's the aunt who wants to take the girls. I don't think I could have cared less. It was almost as if they were extras sometimes, because I just didn't care. I just kept wanting to get back to the girls and their their um, struggle with everything. And luckily, it, it does concentrate on the girls quite a yes. bit. Which makes you a little uncomfortable. Because you never know how horrible it's going to get. No. Um, but yeah, it's... I liked the, uh, the, the... It's based on a short a short film. And we're literally a short <laughs> film. A three-minute film that Guillermo... Guillermo? <laughs> Guillermo del Toro saw. Guillermo? He saw this short three-minute film and loved the concept and idea and wanted to... Get the guy who made the short film and make you know get him to do a full feature film version, and we saw the short film today, and I believe because it's on the disc, and I do believe that um, they succeeded in what they wanted to do there. Right, because the heart of the movie is the story of the ghost lady, correct? Who you know, it's not exactly an original story by any means whatsoever. There's a mental asylum involved, and there's some nuns, and then there's, like, a baby, and death, and a ghost. You can write a million stories just on those little details, and that's what we've got here. However, I care more about her. Because as it you mean dis- mama. Yeah, as it slowly unpeels. Not that I care about her, like, oh, what a tragic story. But she becomes more, like, I get to know her. She becomes, like, the possessive mama. Because that's all she wants is these girls. and to She's looked after these girls. Exactly. And she's she doesn't lost, want anybody exactly. else messing with them. I mean, a traditional ghost story. She's lost her baby and now she wants someone to care for. And that's it. But in a, in a malevolent kind of a way. That she's willing to, you know, scare them and hurt other people in order to keep them, you know. But then I got to, like, the way she was portrayed... Some of it's CGI, some of it's a real person, which I didn't even know. But mm. psychologically, I was like, that's really sell. I'm really buying the uh, the creepiness. I don't know why everybody thinks ghosts have to be kind of weird and janky, but it I think that's fine. what bo- that, that's the boogeyman in the closet 
thing under the bed kind of mentality when we were kids and we're scared of things. That something moves in a weird way. Weird, that you, and we yeah. don't get it, and it's definitely not a person, it's something weird. Um, what My favourite scene in the whole movie, and the, no, there's two favourite scenes. One is where Mama is playing with the little girl. Oh my talking. God. I was just so terrified. But, but I mean, it's a real sweet... It's sweet. It is. It's awesome. But, but it's, it's creepy as... <laughs> like, my throat was like... But the moment's, like, really sweet. Because I was like... You know, she she's looking after them. She's yep. doing what a mother needs to do with the kids. Which the central character in this movie, who is a woman who's not really into kids, is not really doing. Or not, not being allowed to do. Yeah. Because of Mama. But the scene... Mama's playing with the kid, just... Playing with a kid, they, they're tugging on a blanket basically. That is with so each other. You don't see Mama, but you can you know she's there because of a shadow. And, and you already kid, know. And the she's kid's scary. not frightened. And kid's she's not, scary. She's as scary as shit, but the kid's not frightened because huh. the kid's used to her. And the other kid is down the hall. And that I love that scene. I thought it was like, oh, uh, whoa. Yeah. And the other scene was it was a scene that took place one of those weird scenes that looks weird and it's out of body almost. The one where she falls down, jumps, sorry, and the the branch was sticking out. Oh, yeah. But the other one where the people were following her through the woods, the old tiny people. Yeah. The way that looked, and it's so different to the entire movie, it really was freaky. Like, it's like I, a dream I, sequence. It was a dream sequence, but um, the way it was done, and because it was like old timey and then a bit not old timey, it was weird. I, I was like, whoa. So there was two, those, and there was definitely scenes where I was uneasy like something's going to come Mm -hmm. now sometimes it didn't sometimes it did i believe this movie uses a lot of sound to scare you and that is one of the things um it does have a really good sound and it uses like it's quiet it's quiet Ah, something jumps out at you not jumps out at you, just a noise sometimes with a really high pitch squeal sound so yeah i think it uses sound as a scare thing definitely because sometimes you were just, it was showing you like a, you know, um, a hallway. And it was not really that interesting, but there was a weird, like, noise in the right speaker. And I was like, oh, there's something, what, what, where? And then it amounts to nothing. It's just, oh shit, there's a weird noise. And it's mama doing something. Yeah. You're not privy to it, she's doing something, but it's weird. So a lot of the scariness came from so that. So are the pitfalls then? For me, the pitfalls are, um, Transparent adult characters, um, stereotypes like Jessica Chastain, what they'd made her. I know. I can't believe that character. She's not that kind of person. She doesn't act like that kind of person. It's just like this fake. Oh, she's in a rock band. She's got these friends. She. She's got tattoos. It's it's just. And now we're supposed to believe she's a hard ass. Yeah. Who's not going to be maternal at all. Right. That, but it's so brief and it's so poorly done. There's yeah. no commitment to it. Uh-uh. Same problem we had with Not Fade Away. So I didn't buy her as that. She's not committed to the rock and roll thing because she gives up instantly. Okay, I'm not. She in does band give anymore. up instantly, doesn't she? Yeah, that's not rock and roll ish. So no. then you're already like, okay, well, she's a pushover. So now she's going to be soft and fall in love with the kids, right? Which you know she has her moments of I like the way she deals with them. Like, just talks to him straight up and stuff. But I then... straight up dislike the adult characters like you did. Straight the doctor up. guy, I straight up die already. I 
cannot yeah. stand watching you. I just How don't like How many movies you. have they plucked this guy out of? I can't even watch you because... Is there like a package deal somewhere? Yeah. They go, well, here's the psychiatrist who has an ulterior motive. And like, there were scenes <laughs> with the psychiatrist to me that was like, what? Like, J- Jamie Lannister guy yeah. <laughs> is in bed in the hospital. And his girlfriend's there with him. And this... He just waltzes in, stands at the end of the bed, and it's kind of creepily lit for some reason. It's all kind of dark. This movie's fairly dark. It is pretty, yeah. On purpose, like, so it's When you scary. get the CGI scenes, you don't get right. thrown off by anything. But there's this scene where he walks into the room to tell them something, and it's like, it's a hospital room, and it they've made it look creepy, and it actually doesn't fit with the thing. And he stood there, and he's delivering this dialogue like he's reading off the page to me. And there's other ones where he sat in his office. I, d- I don't know. I just absolutely disliked him. I disliked the actor and I disliked what they'd made that character. It was just, you might as well, it's, you know, paint by numbers. Here's the psychiatrist, yep. like you say. Just get the psychiatrist out of the, sh- out of the uh, psychiatrist's closet. Put him in the <laughs> yeah. scene. It's awful, yeah. really. Like, um, hey, are you writing a story where a psychiatrist needs to step into the room? Here's, a, here's yeah. one. We're it out for you already. And you just plug him in. And he's the it. worst one you could possibly have because he's just... Bland as... Everything. I didn't care and about him. I no. Nope. Um, and then other and adult did, characters. Not only did we did I not care about him. He didn't give a shit about anybody else. No. He wasn't the guy who becomes invested in the girls. He isn't get invested in them. He doesn't more, even put forth his own like ulterior motive of writing a book and everything. You don't get any of that. There's no commitment. I'm on this kick lately where these characters in movies need to be what they are. I think that Mr. Lincoln spoiled me, Mr. Leftfoot, because. As the characters go, all the characters in Lincoln, for example, there's no question about how they're developed and they're hardcore and they totally are who they are. Other movies we see are like that, but that stands out in my mind. And then you get these movies where it's like, we're going to focus on the ghost and we're going to focus on the girls. And everything else can just be sort of half-assed. And the, the other thing about him, that doctor, is he... Was exposition man like if you if if yep. we as an audience needed to know like what some he was just the guy who to- told somebody else and you go oh or really? someone else told him yeah and you go oh yeah oh, great so that was lazy and a ghost bad is to a me. spirit that is twisted and yeah in just the in way. case you don't know <laughs> <laughs> what a ghost is by now because it didn't even fit no this dead baby has no spirit no How, why not if she's got a spirit why are we not then pursuing the thing of, then we need to find not just the bones of the baby, but, like, the baby for her. Because if she's a ghost, we have to accept in this world that we're being presented with, this ghost exists. That, therefore, ghosts can exist in this world, right? right? She jumps... Well, she's a ghost, for whatever reason. And the baby is no longer with us. Therefore... Because that's where I was... I was thought they were leading that way, so, like, the girls could be... Like, I guess that's not... You know, but still... Then it just, they didn't even address that, so that really bugged me. No, what bugged me, I mean, I I liked the creepy horror story within. But yeah, the external, the adults, all adults in the movie are (laughs) not good, right? Except the ghost. I'm not saying they're bad actors, I'm just saying it's like, they they tried to stick to like the Hollywood, let's make a Hollywood, very ordinary type of, oh, here's a family, is well, but not. No, because these people are special. She's a rock star, and he's just a guy who draws. He's an artist, yeah, and he's yeah. got no money. But that's just so blasé, and 
you know. It's the same as the father who's, well, now we're supposed to expect, we're supposed to just know now he's, uh, tries to be rich, businessman. Right. Economy crashes, he gives up and kills everybody. Or wants to kill everybody. And that's it. That's as shallow as it goes. Yeah, so the surrounding trimmings for the movie, I could do without. But when you funnel down to the scenes where yeah. the girls... Even the, I think the grown-ups get better when they're with the girls. Like, when the girls have to act together. You know, Sometimes not, together. I found. I mean, Jessica Chastain's like... A, she's all over the place she, for me. She's a, I mean, you know, she's renowned as a good actress, etc. But in this movie, there were scenes where I was like, how is she a good actress? Because this scene is just... The kids are killing her, like. They're just out running Absolutely. They're running Absolutely. around Absolutely. And she's just trying to... Yeah, and I was thinking, well, perhaps she's over-trying to be it. the girl who is not really into kids. But it wasn't, you know... Very unnatural. That's what probably... That and I think that might happened. have been the idea. Like, you've, you've got to act as No, I mean, it was unnaturally unnatural. She wasn't natural she wasn't that at being... The, the tattoo Don't chick. give a crap. Yeah, exactly. She wasn't that chick. And that, girls, that's where I find that might be wrong casting. Like, when... Like... Get a chick who is more in that frame of mind first, instead of being an ordinary. You know, as we see Jessica Chastain as a person, she's no. Not that's what that acting person. is about. She should it be is able to she act. Do it, is she? Right, but she could. She has right. the capability of doing it. But in this one, she maybe was. No, nobody was anything except the girls. The girls, the littlest girl. Was complete psychotic. Like, she was raised in the woods by a ghost, and she plays this wild child kind of getting... Like a caveman, almost. Because she's a six-year-old little girl, baby girl, who's had no civilization except for her older sister, who's old enough to to speak. Right, she... And she is, to me, she's the best in the whole movie. And then uh, the other girl, Victoria, is like... But, like, just a shred difference of... But they're both fantastic. Every single time they have to speak, every time they have to be afraid or deal with each other, they convince me. Like, I'm just keep waiting for them to get back on the screen. Like, like when we watched This Is 40 the other week. Like, the girls were... Yeah, exactly. ...were the heart and soul of the movie, which is exactly, exactly. the case here, right? So, um, yeah, I think it's a good movie. I think it... I, at first I was like, oh, it's only a PG-13 and it's a horror movie. That might affect it. But it's not that kind of horror movie. It's not, exactly. It's not about blood and guts. It's about scares and but it's, paranormal. But it's, it can creep you out. You know, I'm pretty hardcore when it comes to any more... I don't have many chains left to pull when it comes to, like, scares and stuff. But there were a couple of moments. They overdid the, oh, she's over there, oh, she's back there Jump kind of thing. thing. Yeah, I got over that. But the ones that were genuinely... The one where she's playing in the room, tucking on the blanket, yeah. and you're like, oh, they're playing. And then, oh, it's that, not the sister. No, it's... And, she, and then I was just like, ah. And then there was another one that really got to me, and I can't even remember which one it was. That's the bad thing about it. It might have been the one where she's running in the woods, but I don't think so. I think when she's gr- uh, waking up from that, and then she's under the bed. And then come, yeah. I was like, holy... And it wasn't even that it was scary, because you know what's happening. But it was just, I'll, in the moment, it's I jumped creepy. in. Yeah, but I was able to put myself in her position all of a sudden. And have, like, some creepy thing <laughs> sneak right up on you while you're in bed. Now that scares anybody. And the way it moves is, it's <laughs> there, it's there, it's there, it's there. It's almost like it... Um, 
there's no in- it's, yeah. it's like whoa that hurt it's on you <laughs> like that that's, that creeps me out the fact that it yeah it doesn't sometimes it moves just normally and sometimes it materializes like in a different place to where it was before that's it is an interesting set of rules uh, physics for this particular ghost in this setting but we won't question that that's just their own my favourite part about the whole and it's freaky mama and you do see it quite often I mean I I was surprised how much you see her I Mm -hmm. was thinking it was going to be more of a you see a little bit you see a little bit but no there's whole scenes where you see her like and what the best part for me is where she goes into the floor and she's just <laughs> hair floating along the floor like it. Like she's just wading, W A D I N G, through, through the, the floor, floor. as but if it's like, like it's a pond and all you can see is her hair floating as hair she walks almost. along the bottom. So it just looks like a hair monster coming at you, like like a and then she flat just dog <laughs> emerges from it as if it's water or something. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was my favorite way she showed herself. So uh, moving on to the cast, Jessica Chastain is Annabelle, and as we we've probably covered her, I don't dislike her, but I feel no. like she over. I think they over. I think they overdid doing it. I think there's you know you're this tattoo chick, you're cool. But maybe they oversold it in the beginning. That's the problem. They want they overdid her kind of cockiness. She changed and quickly, chewing big bites of food, and like you know, like being all cocky and shit in the very beginning. Then it. Then she's standing there with her guitar. Mm. Yeah, really not convincing. So, but but the thing is, if they had pushed that a little less, then you wouldn't be expecting that so much. Maybe, you know, maybe introduce her as a person who doesn't know what she's doing either, really. You know, instead of us going, oh, she's supposed to be a hard ass. You she's know? supposed to be all Then cool. you're waiting for her to be the hard ass, misfit, fish out of water mother figure. But... Near the end, I feel like it got better. Like, she got more attached. I do, too, but the I scene, think... Oh, my favorite, favorite was her wrestling the girl. Yeah. That was fantastic. Like, really, really good. Yeah. But I think the the change from her being, like you say, guitar-playing, cool, cool woman, to I'm scared in the house with these girls woman... But was, she never was, though. Was That's what I liked about play. her. She didn't go to being scared at all. She just was scared... She was pretty brave. She, she wanted him to come home. Yeah, but she wasn't, like, running away. She opened doors when she shouldn't have. Yeah, she... there's a lot of that in this movie, isn't there? Like, like, like inside me, I'm like, why are you even still here in this house? Why? I always think that, you know. Why haven't you left now? You've seen a few things. But that's the it's, idea. It's been pretty bad, right? And you're still just, yeah, just chilling out, having a, having a look. Um, say this guy's name. What? What guy? Oh, that ja- guy. Jamie Lannister. It's not Jamie Lannister. He's talking about Jamie Lannister, a character from Game of Thrones. <laughs> the blonde son of the Lannister fortune. Uh, Nikolai Kosterwaldo. Yes. Kosterwaldo. He plays Lucas slash Jeffrey. So it's, it's a dual part. He plays the two brothers. Um, generic, I'm sorry. I like him very much because in Game of Thrones he's awesome. I really do like him. But he's very generic. In I, I think he's... I, I think he's alright in Game of Thrones. I oh, I think he's really I'm good. He's old. got he's got moments in Game of Thrones where he's got to draw the he's got to like teeter that line of being a complete arrogant he's a asshole. Bit too smooth sometimes, like. But then he lets that. Oh, I disagree with you, but on this I one, said I generic. said to you if they make an A team movie, I know they've already made an A team. If they make an A team <laughs> remake of any kind, he has to be face man because. <laughs> In my mind, he is face man. Like I, I'm like, wow, he's he's just face man. He's what's he called? He's Dirk Benedict. 
but it's Stoke Benedict the second. Um, yeah, I didn't. This is from nothing, Denmark. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> this performance, Denmark. even as the brother or the other brother, neither of them did anything for me. The only part, the part that was the the generic part was as the uncle, but as the father, when he's actually torn there at the at that one pivotal moment, the beginning. That was, like, gutsy and everything. But there wasn't enough of that. The uncle was, was like, so knocked brief. out of commission because we want the dueling mama figures. So he's kind of thrown aside. Just like the doctor. Oh, here's the doctor. He's going to chirp a few things at you. Get rid of him. Here's the uncle. He's going to say a few things. Get rid of him. We want the dueling mother figures. So we got the two girls now. Megan Charpentier. And she plays Victoria, and Isabel Nalise plays Lily. Now, the younger girl is a Canadian, um, and the older girl... Canadian? Oh, so she speaks French. That's yeah, what she so, she's, so she actually doesn't speak English. Oh, she, she didn't at the beginning, and then they right, taught they her some. taught her some on the set. Um, and she's the one who plays awesome, kind of feral child who... Absolutely amazing. Because there's not a moment when you're sitting there, when I'm thinking, oh, this is a little girl who's getting to act. It's like she's really thinking about her, every everything that she's doing. Like when she's moving her eyes and she's eating paper towels at one point. She's got this, and she's just chewing on it. And then she's eating a bug at one point, And she never seems to flinch or, like, she's more committed to being this feral child than our grown-ups are to being who they are. And I was totally, I was like... I thought that was a creepy image, too. Um, the fact that when they were being looked after by Mama in the woods, and Mama's feeding them cherries, and then cut to f- when they find them, there's this cocoon of cherry seeds. It wasn't a cocoon, it was just a pile. Yeah, I, I, I just mean the visual looks like almost looks like a cocoon of cherry she- seeds, the way it's... It's five years' worth of... Cherry seeds. Cherry pits, or whatever they're called. Cherry pits, yeah. Um, just, it looked like a termite thing. And it's dried, and it's... Old and it's weird. Like it's, it's that was a weird and a good, because um, you see that cherry roll along the floor and it's ah. So um, yeah, two girls, fantastic. They are the movie, absolutely. And the older girl because she has to be a bit feral and wild, and she has to be start kind of overcoming it and being like, okay, I want to be in this world now. And I, I understood that being in the woods was fucked up and now I want to be with like normal living people. So I thought she did a really good, I just was like totally impressed. Now I thought during the movie that the character of Mama was a CG creation completely. And Me too. And it is not. It's a partial. It's it, a person with some CGI wrapped around him. Person with CG hair. Basically, right? And then close. <clears throat> yeah. So um, it's played by Javier uh, Botet. And um, he's a big, tall man. 6.8. Six, six foot 8 inches. I was going to say, there's something odd about him, right? And the guy described him as, is, is this slightly skinny guy? He's not a slightly <laughs> skinny guy. He's the skinniest guy I've seen. Is he a contortionist? Because that's what I He's assume. got funny shoulder blades. This He's either got a... A, a condition of some kind, or but his body doesn't look like a regular body. It's when he's act when he's doing weird contorted movements. It looks irregular. So that's why you're convinced in the moment that this thing has like a physical presence. Because that's what a lot of times I was like impressed. The one there's like a time in the closet where you're like, oh, that's not very good because it's not him. It's just a right. little quick CGI version. Floaty one. But the ones where he's there, he, she, mama. 
it feels more solid. So that's why, because there's actually a person when he's on the cliff. And, and I think it's quite the performance, like Andy Serkis does Gollum. Absolutely. It's that kind of performance where you've got to, well, he says, they said it's kind of effortless for him anyway. He, he just does it and it comes alive like so. But it, yeah, it's really interesting when you see the extras and you see these like laser, <laughs> they've got this new kind of, what do you call that? Motion capture suit thing. But it's like lit up like LEDs all over his head. It's interesting looking. Um, then we've got uh, Danielle Cash as Dr. Dreyfus. Completely disposable. Yeah. I'd- in fact, that character and that whole portion of the story, I say just, I don't know, cut to the hospital where the uncle's cupping to pick up these girls and forget about, I don't even need to know why it happened almost. It's quite, you know, it's, it's, we found these girls in the woods, and da 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 da. That's all. That's where the story should have begun. He so doesn't he really amount clipped. to anything either. It's just yeah, because his thing he's ta- that he's, he's supposed ta- to be bringing to the to the reality right. of the story isn't. It's not. It's like suit. he's a, in a comic book, and he's the little note at the top of the box that tells you that's something. That's funny. He's disembodied. Man. Yeah, disembodied, and he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't care about. I didn't. Him. I every time he came on the screen, I was like, "Oh my god, no!" I was waiting this for is going to be boring. He's going to talk. He's going <laughs> to tell us that ghosts are something. He's going to tell us what a ghost is, and then we're not going to really know anyway because what he said was just bull. And we're going to feel that he's slimy because we can tell that he has an uh, ulterior motive, yeah. which is writing a book about these girls. So this is directed by Andre Muschietti, and Muschietti. And his sister, actually, him and his sister Muschietti. co-wrote the uh, yes the, the movie. But, based on his short film, three-minute film, that I can say these names, Gil, Gil, Del Toro guy, found. <laughs> Hellboy. Yeah. <laughs> and I can understand why he would want, why when he saw that shot. He talked more about it in a technical, technical sense. Technical, yeah, he loves, You know, I don't always care, I don't really he care He is very technical, it. though. Right, so if I had seen that short... It would have been like awesome, but what he you know like oh that's creepy and everything. But what he saw was a technical filmmaker, uh, somebody who could make which a, I don't care a lot about most of the time about the details of how they get the shot to look like one shot and the uh, spinning the camera to go up the stairs. And but all I've that listened stuff. to the commentary on Hellboy, and he is Mister Technical. You know what else he is? He's Mister. I want it to look perfect, but I don't want to spend any money. Right. <laughs> and that, like, Hellboy goes by that. It's, even though you're, you're watching Hellboy and you're like, wow, wow, wow. I love Hellboy. But movies. no, he's like, he's like, no, I want it to look great, but we can't spend $2 million making Hellboy. Does anything to do Hellboy. with League of an Extraordinary Gentleman? No. Because they, they kind of go together for me. The the vibe of that, Hellboys and that, they do it as cheap as we can, but it's going to look amazing. I actually um, love Hellboy 2 more than Hellboy. I thought the, the baddie in Hellboy 2 was awesome. I, I love yeah, it. Yeah, Hellboy 1 was resolved a little bit. But I still loved it. I loved the whole Hellboy 2 meeting is my everybody and favorite one though. It's it's like it's the story I like the story. I mean, yeah, the first one's like his origin thing. Mm-hmm. Um Well, no. He's he's fully established. I mean, for us, for us to know. <laughs> yeah, him. but yeah. there's no origins there. We just we get his origin story, but I like Hellboy movies. I don't care. Why does anyone complain about movies like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and Hellboy? They're awesome. I have to say, the the cover to this uh, mama is really good. I do like it. I can if get rid of the, the words. If you took the lettering off. Yeah, really good. Um, and I never hardly ever say it that. It doesn't... It's it's not just... It's really good. It's creepy. Breaks your heart a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, it's way creepier than the back. <laughs> 
so you mean there's no special packaging where the back is wrapped in some ghostly manner? No. So this does have some extras, and it has some deleted scenes. One of the deleted scenes um, kind of gives you some more info into the boring Doctor character. Yes. But that doesn't Not make much him, more. That doesn't make him any better. It makes him more sleazy. Yeah, it really does, actually. Um, I'm, I'm not sure why that they left that out. If, you know, It might have at least made him a little bit more interesting. Maybe when they were watching it in the editing room, they thought the same thing we did. Oh my god, we've got to get rid of this guy. This guy's on again. But there's no way, because some, <laughs> some of the scenes with the girls are necessary. Now, you do get the original three-minute shot with an introduction by Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo. Guillermo del Toro. Um, I'm never going to say it right, so you don't need to. Uh, you can say it right, Guillermo. Guillermo del Toro. The next time I say it, it'll be Guillermo. I'll have to look at them. Maybe I'm wrong, too. G-U-I-L-L-E-R-O-M-O. I probably spelled it wrong on that. Where is it? On there. It's not on It there. isn't, because he's not the director. Right. All right, so there is uh, the original three-minute shot, which I urge you to see. Don't see it before the film, though. Even though... No, don't see it before the film. See it after the film. Um, there's also The Birth of Mama, which is a... Uh, what would you say that is? It's not. It's a featurette that shows you some on-the-set. I actually like when it shows you the on-the-set stuff. Yeah. Because you do see... It's definitely behind the scenes of how... The makeup. Yep. Uh, well, not really makeup. It's, it also um, told us that it was a real person. Yeah. Um, there's a feature commentary with the... Uh, the director and his sister, the co-writer. So I'll be listening to that this week. I've not heard it yet. And there's also a Blu-ray exclusive um, feature, which is Matriarchal Secrets, the visual effects of Mama. That's the actual one that goes behind the scenes on the feature, on the visuals. It is Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo. Correct. Say it with me. Like tortilla. It's not tortilla. It's tortilla. Correct. And no, I don't speak Spanish, but people just know these things. You live closer to Spain than I do to Mexico. Why don't you know these things? I've never known it. I mean, you've lived closer. I can see. I can't say it. I've never known it. Guillermo. Guillermo. L L isn't L L. It's you. Yeah. It's Guillermo. Like no. No. So yeah, there is a bunch of extras, but they're not. They don't outstay the welcome like some extras do. I think it's just, just enough. They're just enough plus a commentary, so you can watch it again and get some insight into the. I think for this kind of movie, this one specifically, seeing the original that inspired the feature was great. Seeing that the ghost that wasn't fully CGI was great. And that's about all I needed, really. So, um... Yeah, yeah that's all I needed. I actually... I didn't mention... The director of the movie, yeah, he um, has not made any other movies. Apart from that little short movie. And some other short movies. He... Actually is a team with his sister. So right. So let's, let's not forget. It's not just him. Let's say she and her brother made this movie. I don't know their names. No, he's the director, though. She didn't direct. She just co-wrote the script. So, conclusion. It's actually a really good watch, I think. I agree. A- aside from... It's not perfect. In fact, it's not... The positives... only For me, only just outweigh the shitty yeah. negatives. But as I've mentioned last couple times, like um, that the individual parts versus the overall, this one I get a bit of both. I get a satisfaction out of lots of the individual scenes and parts, mostly the girls, the ghost, etc., 
some of the ideas. And overall, I'm sitting here thinking of it as a good overall experience. So It is. You know, there's just those little bits in there that, but you know, nothing's perfect. I think sometimes it just get a little bit. When you've got a, an element in a movie that's really good, like the look of this movie is good. I like it. You know, it's kind of darkish. It's a little bit expected, but still, I like the way it looks. I like the style of it. I like that it's modern. The and locations. There's are good, no yeah. apologies for modernness. I like individual pieces, people in the cast and the girls. And then the little negatives, you know, like you said, if you can... Yeah, those negatives would be easy to fix, for me, with some... Not just some different actors, just some different... Oh, but not finding a car just sitting in the woods for five years, that Just some different development on the script, I believe. I just believe that... A little more When you're writing characters and you're trying to make them into characters, it's a skill. And sometimes... The writing of a character and the way the actor feels like it should be done is not the way it should be done, I I think. Like Jessica Chastain's look to that character, she's been told lots of times, this is what you are, you know, you're the non-matriarchal, couldn't-give-a-shit kind of tough chick. And she's tried too hard to be it. Where And then it comes across as It bogus. sucks the heart out of it. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so I think that's the problem with that. Like pretending versus acting. Now, yeah. there is a difference. Acting is that thing where it becomes... Because maybe she can't... Um, I read a little bit about her, it. and she doesn't identify with that at all. Right, that's what she I She says, thinking. as a child, she always wanted to be the mother of everyone. Right. That's a cool right. So, yeah, how do you <laughs> exactly. take that away? So, for her to go with the most stereotypical version... Like a clumsy way of doing it. Like, you know... The tattoos signify, I am such a free spirit. I would never want a child to bring me down. She's not. And, and the really, and the really, really, oh, she sat on the toilet when we first see her. She pulls the pee stick out and goes. No, she didn't. She didn't pull it out at all. She was holding it in her hand. I watched. No, I mean closely. she. Uh, no, she didn't. She was. I just don't waiting. mean she pulled it out of a vagina. I mean she. She had her pants on. She was just waiting. I mean, she looked at... Yeah, wait. That's what I mean. She oh, pulls right. it out. Like, she, she, we see it. And she, and she goes, yes! Like, you know. Pulled out of what? Out of, like, she pulls it into the shot then. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. She's not peeing on it in our presence. No. She's, she's waiting for it. She yeah. just peed on it within a few minutes. Because you have to wait, like, five minutes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, she's, I, she's I, done. I didn't, I didn't think anything. Uh, you said she's sitting on the toilet. She pulls out a pee stick. That makes pulls it sound out like... The, <laughs> no, just... I mean, pulls out the pee stick and goes... I don't mean that, that they're unrealistic of saying, oh, it only takes one second. I mean the right. the really crappy telegraphing of, yep. this girl doesn't care about kids because she she's thought she was pregnant and now she's not, and she loves that. Right. That's just, it's it's too obvious. She's happy it's not that subtle, her pregnancy, it's not. She's happy that her pregnancy test is negative. That's what I said. Right. I'm yeah. just saying, we didn't see her pee on it. Oh, I, I that was the peeing was n- not even anything. I know, to do but with you were it. giving the hint that we were watching her piss on a thing, and we, we didn't. Oh, and that's not why, right? Meant at all. I, I just meant the fact that that's the first we see of her. And then she's like, "Thank you, God." And then, Thank you, God. then look at me. I'm so cool. I play the this brand yeah, look new, at this me, brand I'm new so bass cool. that has never been played before. I'm look so cool how shiny. too that I'm eating my cereal in the biggest fucking bites a person could eat with being. Flinging my leg over the side of the chair for and then straddling my boyfriend in bed and giving him a hard time. It's like for me uh, the um, the brand new 
looked like she just bought the base. Like, and they're yes- poor. Well, yesterday. That makes sense. But, I mean, she's not, like, ever been, been on the road or anything. they've been living on lots of money, remember, up till now. Because the brother's money got left behind. Correct. So that makes a little bit of sense. But she's just like a... She never looked like... she. To me, she looked like she'd never held a guitar in her entire life when she was stood playing it. Mm-hmm. It was so... Well, that's unfair, but... Don't... If I picked up a guitar and tried to... Put, that's what it looked like. I thought she looked just like... She didn't move Jet her hands in time it. with the music. It was really bad. Like, it was... You know... I think you're being a little too picky. Did you see did you, the bass line when she was playing it? There, there oh, was, of course it, I wasn't paying that close attention. Oh, it was not matching <laughs> what she was doing. All I'm saying was it looked, she, if she wanted to look like she was that person, it never came across. You mean she didn't do music training to learn how to play guitar like the boys did uh, from Not Far Fade Away last week? Or at least be good at faking it. like At least a ten minute, I'm sure she at did. Least, at least be able to play that bass line, which wasn't much to it. She only played it for... See, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even know. All I know is she was standing there. She was a bass guitarist. She was playing a bass line. In fact, she was playing the bass line on her own at one point because they all stopped. Exactly. So I'm not paying attention to what she's doing. I'm paying attention to her body language. I pay attention to everything on the screen. No, you don't. I I actually do. (laughs) I especially pay attention to technical details. Right. And if they're wrong, it takes me out of the moment. On quite a lot of occasions. Anything to do with computers in Hollywood movies sure. that is really badly done, I can't get past it. But you're not a musician or anything. But I do know how a musician acts. I thought she was acting just like Joan Jett, but low-key. Yeah, like, that was her model for I how to I thought she was acting like somebody who, went, who was trying to pretend to play a bass guitar and didn't. But anyway, um, acting aside, this was all right. <laughs> You'd recommend it, though. I'd recommend it, yeah. I'd definitely recommend it. But don't go in there thinking that it's not. Do you remember the movie Sinister? No, uh, not Sinister. Insidious. Insidious. Mm-hmm. Also suffered from, for me, from the same thing. The core idea was creepy as shit and weird. But the actors around it were playing stereotypical... Precisely. So... I lost interest in them, but the kids were good. Yeah. And the creepy heart of it was good too, but the people, it, it's often that. It's like, I, if I don't care, like The Exorcist, I really care about the people in The Exorcist, everybody. It's because it takes a long time to get right. to the thing I that's I care gonna... about the mother and what she's going through with a child, like, she can't bear it, like, it's ripping her apart. I care about the priest who's seen, you know, it's all believable and everybody's acting like they should act i guess (laughs) and that's a movie from a long time ago. whatever that means is that before we decided to like be stereotypical all the time with everything did you care about it not care about necessarily but lincoln's a different kind of movie were you convinced every time someone opened their mouth that they were being they were had embodied a character yeah it wasn't yeah no hokiness so it doesn't hasn't gone away it's just that some people like Certain in this movie, movies. I think these people cared more about delivering their idea of the ghost mama than about the exposition of an actual And I also tale. think some actors devalue genre movies. So when she kept saying, oh, in a genre movie, in a genre movie, and the, the Hollywood term for a genre movie is like horror or sci-fi or something. They're all that. Things that are not. Like, so Tree of Life wouldn't have been a genre movie. No, absolutely not. An art movie. But it's, 
thirty-zero mark or whatever it's called. What is it called? The last one she was in. What did you call it? Thirty-zero mark. Zero dark thirty. Zero dark thirty is a quite serious war movie. Right. So that's a genre movie. But but that's not how it's referred to in Hollywood. Genre movie is horror. They're all genre, though. They're all a genre, but genre movie is horror and sci-fi, and generally denotes that that is lower quality than everything else. Yeah, but if you say rom romantic comedy, that's a genre. Yeah, but it's not called the the genre movie banner in Hollywood. When you hear anybody talk about it, you hear Robert Rodriguez. Quentin Tarantino, people like that talk about it. The genre movie is horror movies, anything off the beaten path, kind of. Not the, not the rom-coms, not the dramas, not the art films. It's horror and that stuff. That is how it's I don't referred. understand. I'm going to have to look this up. It's how it's referred to in Hollywood. I've seen so many things where they say, oh, I'm making a genre movie. And then you look and they're making a horror movie. Rob Zombie, I'm then making genre movies. Then why are these movies. other things called genres? All genre, well, the, the word genre, it, I'm talking about the pop culture word of genre in Hollywood means horror movie. And Rob Zombie said it this week in an interview I watched with him where he said, yes, I make genre movies and people, you know, poo-poo on that, that I am not a talented director because I don't make an art movie. An art movie? An art movie. Like a romantic comedy. Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, <laughs> no, a romantic comedy is not an art movie. It's I know, a it's a genre comedy. movie. No, it's not a genre. Genre movie is horror. I've just said. I know what you said, but I don't understand. So I'm going to have to look this up. It's just Hollywood. Because if you go to IMDb, genres are everything. Well, of course. The word genre in modern language... You're just talking about language. Yeah, I told you. The Hollywood implication of genre is you're working on those movies. Hmm. Those ones that, you know, those ones that get made and people go and see them. But, yeah, your Texas Chainsaw Massacres, your, you know, gory horror films or grindhousey things and that stuff. So that's how it's referred to in Hollywood. It doesn't and, matter and when, when, it. when Jessica Chastain kept saying, I'm, yeah, when I work on a genre movie, and this is a genre, she said this is a genre movie. That's what she's... She's almost belittling it. Like, normally I work on these movies, but when I'm working on this one, I have to try a bit harder because it's not as much to get Unless. into. Right. There's not as much to get into this way. So, in conclusion, I recommend, um, but it's definitely not perfect. No. So, a contest. We don't have one this week, but we do have one coming up. Um, actually, two coming up. Um, next week's Blu-ray review will be the Wachowski Brothers' new movie, which is Cloud Atlas, and it's an epic, and I have been so waiting to see this. You can't... Why have you just watched it? Is it just not out at all? Why didn't we go see it? It just came out. On the theatre. Last year. I know. Why didn't we go see it? Because... If you wanted to see it so bad. I, it's very rare I want to go and be, like, talked, you know, cell-phoned. Or... Oh, I hear you. I and this had is an experience. this is a three-and-a-half-hour movie. There is guaranteed to be somebody, and if I go to a cinema and it lasts three-and-a-half hours, there will be somebody who has not got enough patience for that who will start talking. And or... if they're going, ooh, Wachowski Brothers, Matrix, let's go see it. Right. Then they're going to be jerks if it's not exactly up to their expectations. So that's probably why. 
But I was waiting for the Blu-ray, and it's finally out. In fact, it's took quite a long time to come out. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So, but it's horrible. Well, I like Speed Racer. <laughs> yes. Um, not many people did. I really did like Speed Racer. I think it was a really fun... I, I, I grew up with Speed Racer. It wasn't great. No, it was really visually enticing to me. But that didn't make it good. I liked it because it had like that Sin City vibe about it. The the look. Cheap, like comic book, you know. So um, movie recommendations this week. I am going with two child horror movies. Probably the... Aside from The Exorcist. Wait, is that horror movies made for children or with children in them? With children in them. <laughs> Are there horror movies made just for children? Scooby-Doo. Oh, nice. But um, I would have said The Exorcist, but I have kind of worn that one out. It is my favorite horror movie of all time. Um, so I'm going Are you with... poo-pooing on my recommendation? No, I don't I know think it. you are. So I'm going with Carrie, the original Carrie, not the one that's coming out this year. Because of the horrible Even though I've not mother. seen that That's where you got that vibe. The horrible mother who's like so possessive and psychotic. And it's just an awesome movie. really is. And The Omen, which is also... It's sequels, not so much, but the original Omen is creepy as shit. And that kid is one of the creepiest things you've ever seen. And wow, some really bad shit happens in that movie. The Shining is another one where, you know... It is. The kid's not that creepy or anything, but he has his moments with the... Red Ram, Red Ram, Red Ram. <laughs> the, the creepy kids are the two little girls in that for me. Yeah, but they're only in it for like... Yeah, but they're, they're the creepy kids for me. Like, the kid kid is not as creepy. And mine are, uh, even though you've now already snottied it up, is The Exorcist. No, it's, it is the best one. It I is. just didn't want to say it again. <laughs> because I was thinking, not necessarily of the character development, but of a kid put in a position of being like... Part of what's horrifying you is that that little actress girl and the girl character in the movie is having to go through these things, which now, and 40 years later, we know she really did have to go through a lot of shit. So it makes it even uh, more worse. More More worser. More worser. And the other one is Orphan. Not because of that was a great movie. I recommended that the other week. But it also has the kid, you know, kids in danger and not a great development of the adults again. That was part of my problem. I didn't really care about this sort of upper middle classy couple with these problems or whatever. Didn't care. But then when you start digging around with the kids and the, you know, that, you know. I liked Orphan because it was... It, it kind it, of had that same exposition of here's the story of the past. There's a mentalist yeah, it did. thing involved. and uh, But it reminded me of like a 70s horror movie. That's why I liked it. It had that vibe of... Um, the old man or something like that. It had that. Tried. I'm creeped out by that kid. It tried. I and liked it. it. Really did. So, games and A Scully stuff this week. I've been playing. Uh, I told you last week that... What was that face? <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to tell me what you've been playing. So I was... Last week I bought Max Payne 3 for $16 off Steam in the sale. Well, I didn't actually bought all of the Max Payne games for $16, which was good. And I've been playing some of the multiplayer this week, which is like Team Deathmatch multiplayer in Max Payne, which I didn't think would be that interesting, because a lot of games have some multiplayer, and it is just, you know, like an add-on, just something. I think some games think they have to have multiplayer just to be on the box, say, that you can play multiplayer, right? Like, some people aren't happy with just a story mode, because, like, what do you do after that? 
Nothing, right? You just how do I get my money's worth? So I think some companies just say, "Well, we got to do multiplayer, so we can say it's got multiplayer." But that's definitely not the case with Rockstar here and uh, Max Payne Three because the multiplayer is like really exceptional. Rockstar made Max Payne. Yep, the I new didn't one. know that. Yeah, um, and they didn't used to. But they, exactly. They okay. Took it over for the third one. Um, so it. As a multiplayer, that is pretty much like Call of Duty, but it's a third-person game. So it's got all that progression, like you unlock levels, you unlock different guns. The more you play, the better you get, the better weapons and guns. And So it has this you know, progression system, but it also has different modes of multiplayer, and it has one called... Um, it's like a story mode. And what it is, is it's two teams against each other, and it's five objectives. So like... And it's told like a story. There's an narrator over the top and he'll say like, so here they are and they were going to rob the bank. So your team will be robbing the bank and the other team will be the police. And then maybe in the next scene, it's you're getting away on a ship and the police are coming to take out the ship. Now, the objective where you might think, well, it's just killing each other. Well, no, because like on the ship one, it might be you've got to get the money from one end of the ship to the other without getting killed. So it's like a capture the flag almost, get the thing and take it to a place. But they've worked it into a story with a narrator over the top and it kind of wraps itself up over the course of about 20 minutes. So it's these five chapters. And the very final chapter of this story, where you play online multiplayer, usually ends up as, okay, it's like something like True Romance. It's the standoff at the end. Like, we're all in the same room. Who wins now, you know? So it's really cool. It's like a um, totally different kind of multiplayer. You know, Max Payne's famous for the going in slow motion. That's what Max Payne game is yeah. famous for. You press a button, he goes in slow motion like a John Woo movie and you're shooting people while he's flying through the air in this weird sci-fi kind of weird way. That So that is actually involved in the multiplayer, which you think might be like cheating. Because if I can go into slow motion and shoot at people in slow motion... What's happening for them? Are they in slow motion? Because that would be really weird. But surely they use it, so what is happening to you? Right, so how they've worked it out. So I don't stand on one side of the map, turn slow motion on, and everybody's running around in slow motion going, who did that slow motion thing? It's really annoying. It's a vicinity-based thing. So how you use the slow motion is if somebody comes around a corner and you're like, oh, there's a baddie, you can both go into slow motion. And it's kind of like this... Uh, cinematic gunfight whoever initiated it first gets like the uh, what do you call it the upper hand so when you come around the corner and there's a guy and I oh shit press it quick I'll get the upper hand maybe I will damage him first but then we're both in this slow motion gunfight and what's different about the slow motion gunfight is when you're not in slow motion it auto locks onto people you gun You, you click your aim trigger and it sticks on them and then you shoot when you're in slow motion it's free aim so you've actually got to be good at aiming when you get into that situation so you're both flying through the air and you're both trying to get the crosshair on each other it's like a target gallery thing but it's really cool because it only occurs between me and the guy and everybody else around is unaffected by it they don't even see us in slow motion right it just looks like we shoot at each other so it's a good way of making it occur because i thought that's never going to work, because if everybody goes into slow motion, half the game's going to be me walking around, like, going, oh, come on, stop doing slow motion, somebody. 
But yeah, it's a good way of doing it. So I played that this week. I also played on Android. They had a sale on Rockstar Games, and they had Grand Theft Auto Vice City for 99 cents this week. It's back up to full price now, but it's the full version of Vice City on Android, and Rockstar didn't just put it on Android, and like they actually worked on the controls. There's tilt controls for the cars when you're driving them, so it makes it easier with a tablet because there's no buttons. I thought you didn't like tilt control. If they do it right, like on Real Racing, it works really well, and I've found it works really well on, on Vice City. The only thing on the tablet version of Vice City is Michael Jackson's songs are not in it. Now, I'm not a Michael Jackson fan. But were they a big part of it? They were a big part of it, yeah. Um, Want to be starting something. Um, in fact, they were such a big part of it, and Rockstar was so excited to get Michael Jackson's songs in Vice City. The very first time in Vice City you step into a car and the radio comes on, it's Michael Jackson's song and you start driving to it. It's like a... It's like a iconic moment of fight of Grand Theft Auto, but now it's some other song, a licensed song. Yeah, but there's loads of songs in that game. Yeah, but it all the very first time you walk, get in a car, it locks it to Michael, this Michael Jackson song. So this drive is the same for everybody. They're driving to Michael Jackson. Right now, it's a memorable moment in your mind, and you can't just in one car one time. The very first car you get into. Then once you're done with it, it's over with. Right, but then you can never hear Michael Jackson on the radio. And he's a big part of the 80s, right? There was there was I at least three tracks in there. I mean, yeah, popular, but not so But I mean, I'm make. used to them. Vice yeah. City is like a, like a thing that I've played throughout time, like since I got it. But then they have like hundreds of songs? Mm, probably 50 songs, maybe. Right. But still, the Michael Jackson ones are missing. And the reason they're missing is uh, Michael Jackson's estate... Wanted more money for them after they'd done the deal. It's yeah. disgusting, really. I mean, it's like, hey, Rockstar, we made a deal with you ten years ago for Vice City, and we've noticed that you're still selling Vice City now on these new platforms. Well, we're not getting paid anymore because we got that money off you ten years ago, so now we want some money. Yeah, but we're a different group of people. So now Rockstar said, I think we could lose the Michael Absolutely. Jackson. Absolutely. And lost, lost it and just... But they didn't replace it with anything else. It's just missing a few songs. So if you want to play the definitive version of Vice City, you have to really play... Just play it on this and then you'll never miss them. Right. But if it's in your mind, if it's one of them things... Say you're a huge Michael Jackson fan. And one of the things about Vice City was how you love listening to him in there. He ain't there anymore. It's funny. Like, it doesn't matter to me because I don't like Michael Jackson right. But if Flock of Seagulls weren't in it, I'd probably be pissed. Because it's... I love that, you know? It's so iconic, I Ran, and there's a mission where I Ran plays, and it's... It's so perfect, like, obviously, I Ran so far away. Yes. You are, you're actually... It, it fits the mission that they play it to you in. So, you know, but it does play perfectly. It's... It is fake buttons and, and fake stick... But they have done a little work to make it... It's not just they've... They've actually made sure it works. It's still a little bit difficult for me, though, to use a fake stick. Because there's really... There's no feedback. No, and sometimes... You know, your tablet has a border around Mm -hmm. it, around the screen. 
sometimes without knowing my fingers in the border are not on the screen and I'm like whoa 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 I'm not turning left what's going on like because my fingers that's the thing about the tablet I would like bigger border or something bigger to hang on to mine with because I always if I'm picking it up and I'm watching something I actually stick my thumb on it and then like stop my video or pause my video or lose what I'm doing altogether and a lot of people when tablets first came out said oh why don't they do a bigger screen it needs to go to the edge no it doesn't you need a big border that's that's how it like my I've got a seven-inch tablet with a big, thick black border around it. When you look at it, you think, whoa, the screen's small in the middle of the big black border. No, the big black border's needed because you really do have to have somewhere to put mm-hmm. your hands, don't you? But yeah, it's cool. It was 99 cents. It's actually back to four ninety nine now, which still isn't a bad price for a Rockstar game, I don't think. It's, you know, 20 or 30-hour Grand Theft Auto. The Grand Theft Auto, according to some people. Um, and the other thing I picked up cheap this week was Tron Evolution on the PC for 99 cents. Um, you can pick it up on Amazon still. And you mean you picked it up like it. Physical. Physically, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you didn't pick it up, but you ordered it. They picked it up and sent it to you. Right, and what's cool about it is you can, yeah, you can get it from Amazon and Walmart as well. Um, and you don't need, I was thinking, uh, I've not bought a game on disc for a long time for the PC. And I was thinking, oh, the disadvantage of that is I have to have that disc in my drive all day, every day, if I want to play. Actually, it doesn't need the disc once you've installed it. It, it does a, uh, you log in with your Xbox Live account, it does a authentication thing, and then you can take the disc out and never use it again. But it's PC. PC. It's got Xbox Live achievements. It's the uh, wow. Games for Windows Live version. And it's a dollar. Can't really go wrong for a, a full price. It was a sixty dollar game. Shipping. Nothing. Dang. That's um, like my seventy nine cent poster that had no shipping. Yeah. So um, that's it. I've that's all I played for this week. There is nothing coming out next week. It's really dry patching gaming. Um, finally, though, there there was some new trailers for Grand Theft Auto Five out this week. You watched uh, you watched it with me actually. It looks really good. I can't wait. Grand Theft Auto is one of my favorite games, if not my favorite game. Um, this one looks very ambitious, let me say. And from this trailer, I've never been worried. Some people are, oh, we're worried about how, how this Some people are full of shit. No, a lot of people I hear, oh, I'm worried about this new Grand Theft Auto. I've never been worried. They've never let me down. Why wouldn't years. anyone be worried? I don't know. I'm saying they're full of crap. So, yeah, it's coming out in September, and there's a new trailer online. You can go and have a look. If anybody in this 21st century still wants to claim... That women, can you please stop wiggling your foot? Gossip more than men. They are full of malarkey. Men in your world of this gaming stuff and technology, it's like, oh my god. It seriously is. What, it's just this rampant with rumors and bitching and moaning and meh, is that meh, gossip? And meh, meh, meh. Yeah, like, ooh, he, are, well, that. Oh, Rockstar's never going to be able to pull together. No, no, this game's going to be crap. This game's going to suck. Well, they're going to do this, and the new Xbox in 10 years is going to be like this. That's gossip. And who gives a shit until you get it? Isn't See, that's it. You all want to justify it by saying it's... Gossip's like... No, that gossip is just saying shit that isn't true. Now, to me, gossip's like, oh, have you seen her? Well, she looks disgusting. Yeah, ooh, have you seen that new trailer for the new game? It's going to suck. That's gossip. Because you don't know. That is, but about the new Xbox 10 years is speculation. It isn't speculation. It's gossip. Because you don't know anything. I disagree. Of course you do. That's what I'm saying. People who still have this perception that men don't gossip and bitch and moan are wrong. 
Oh, I think men moan all the time. It's it's like, I don't, I don't. it's unbelievable, but you're all in denial about it. No. Except you just claimed it, but you'll still try to justify things. Oh, that's not gossip. I definitely moan. If, if I buy a game and it's garbage, I'll moan about it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about all the rumors and the what ifs and the, oh my God, look what's coming out. Oh my God, they're going to suck. This is going to suck. That's going to suck. Oh my God. Whatever. It's just, it's like... I don't count myself in that because I generally don't say it's going to suck until I've seen it. And uh, I generally am optimistic for things until they let me down. It's the same thing. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be so awesome. But you don't know. Certain things let me down. Certain things don't. You know? Yeah. You still gossip. Or you play into it, we'll say. For supper? Do you want to know what's for dinner? Do you even care? I know what it is. You already told me. (laughs) Leftover. Veggie lasagna. And did you know that that lasagna that I made last night has zero cheese, zero dairy, no cottage cheese. I made white sauce with almond milk, nutritional yeast, and the go veggie, veggie cheese. I know that. Yes. And it was so delicious. Oh my God. That's what we're having. That's Actually, a lasagna without cheese to me is better because when it has cheese, I'm always like, afterwards. I get really heartburny if it has cheese in it anymore. I, the more dairy I have now, the more heartburn I get, I notice. You know, if we get one of those, like, Amy's pizzas and it has real cheese on it, I just get a little more, like, burny up in the esophageal area. I really like the Amy's no cheese pizza. Yeah. With the onions I like the sticky kind of oniony stuff. Because our store doesn't have any more. And then my advice is three things. One, be happy when you're alone. I don't mean just, like, force yourself. I mean, find a way in your lifetime to not need to be around people all the time. Okay? Because people who need to be around other people all the time are really annoying to the people who don't need to be around people all the time. And I'm just putting this out there. But a lot of the times, the people who don't need to be around people are the people who are like magnets for people who need to be around people. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so it's like this, and then, but I'm just saying, learn to be alone and be happy with yourself or with your tasks that you're doing or your hobbies or just doing nothingness, not having people chattering at you or needing you because chances are they don't need you as much as you think they do. You know, you're more the beneficiary of most of the relationships if you constantly think everyone needs you desperately. You're the one who's getting the pat on the back, the thank yous, the oh, we love you so much. You're probably the one getting out of it, getting stuff out of it. So you need to just say no to people sometimes, stay alone. I just find I'm not a, I'm not a fan of needy people, you know? And I love some very dearly, but I, I want to just take them by the shoulders and place them in a room and say, what do you, what do you enjoy doing? What's something that you like to do? Do you like to doodle? Do you like to read? Do you like to listen to music? Do you like to garden? Watch movies? I'm going to put you in this room with this thing that you enjoy very much. Play video games. Play video games. I'm going to shut the door. You can open the window if you need to open the window for fresh air. But I need you to be alone for a while. So you're going to kidnap somebody. <laughs> walk them in a room. It's going like to be like an old boy hotel for people <laughs> who I think need to just be in a room. And satisfied with themselves and the task that they're doing without having to turn around every 30 seconds for someone's approval or pat on the back or reassurance or advice or contact, like a hug every five fucking minutes, something like that. 
you know, in a war, I always think, you know, in a crisis, those people are going to be dead weight. <laughs> I don't know, it's awful. Like, why would I think that way? But, like, you need people who can function separate from everyone else. And then you value the little links that you have with people even more. Trust me on this. That's number one. That's only one bit of advice. Number two. I only see two. Don't try to be everyone's friend. Kind of goes with the first one. And it's going to oh. go with this next part as well. If you're under the impression, like, everyone you meet and everyone at work and everyone in your family and everyone who's everyone's friend of everyone that you knew in high school and then every everybody at every office and every meeting you ever go to, you need to be friends with or be able to call upon them later as a friend. You don't. Like, you can narrow down the number of people who are really your friends. And then this kind of segues for me for some reason into what you said that Rob Zombie said. Howard Stern about being famous in the world, right? I see people who desperately want everyone to be their friend. They, it's like they they see this as a challenge. Like, oh, everyone has to be my friend. Everyone, everyone, everyone. Well, there's a lot of people in the world. And Rob Zombie says about being famous, right, that you, if you try too hard to make everyone love you, like if you want to be famous to like everyone in the world then chances are you're going to end up being bland and boring. Because in order to please everyone or get everyone's attention, you have to get rid of very specific things, right? You're going to have to, this is my interpretation. He has a very specific kind of music and very specific kind of movies. And he says, you know, there's a lot of people in the world. And even if you are famous amongst like this one percentage, that's a lot of people. And you can still be yourself. And you can still be, like, unique and have your own thing. That's the same as thinking that you want to be everyone's friend. If you try to be everyone's friend, then you start losing parts of you. Because you start realizing, oh, I can't talk about my political views around these people. And I can't talk about my religion and these people. And I can't talk about my money with those people. And I can't say my views on racism with those people. And I can't talk about fashion with her because she doesn't care. And I can't talk about this with them. And I can't talk about my children with these people because they don't care. And eventually, you just decide to whittle it all away. And then what are you? You're just like a smiling face with bringing a casserole to dinner. Like, oh, and your casserole is going to have to be like <laughs> the most bland, boring thing because well, he doesn't like this. And they don't eat meat and they don't eat gluten and they don't, you know, so this is also my argument with movies, I guess, characters and in real life. Commit to who you are. You know, not everyone's going to like you. And in fact, you're going to find that there are going to be a certain, maybe small number of people. Who might disagree with those things you're saying. I don't agree with your politics. I don't agree with your religion. That doesn't mean they don't like you. It doesn't mean that at all. It means that they value your opinion. And, you know, you're a valid human being. Because you actually have committed to something. So I just think, don't be a bland, boring person. There's my advice. (laughs) Alright, let's move on to movie. uh, Because we didn't do it. Oh, we forgot again. And it's right there. Well, that was my advice, anyway. Movie year. Right. My, what is movie year? Movie year. That's the new theme song. It is where one of us says a movie, and the other one has to guess the year. All right, mine for you this week is The Shining. Ooh. And it's appropriate, isn't it, for this week? 1979. <laughs> 1980. <laughs> 
1980. <laughs> Holy shit. I think I should get a point you every should, time I'm no, one year when off. When you guess, you should always add a year. Or subtract. Or subtract, yeah. See, though. You got a better oh chance. Oh, God. Because we're talking about 70s movies, and I'm like, that's definitely a 70s type movie. Oh, Was it released in 1980 and yes. made in 1979? Well, it had been made. Uh, but releases were. So I'm actually always right. No. And mine is Big. Big. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Penny I know Marshall it. directed it. I know it. I think. The great Zoltini, or whatever he was called. <laughs> um, 1984. Oh, are you sure? Yes. You are not one year off. All right. <laughs> no, I can't have another guess. No, 1988. Oh, really? Yeah. I was going to say 86, so I would have been too out. Uh, so I still get the game point on that one. Yes. All right. So thanks for listening to the show. Remind you about our website, SidTalk.com. That's yours? That is. That's C-I-D-T-A-L-K dot C-O-M. And ascully.com. I'm not going to spell it out for you. Twitter.com, Facebook.com, Xbox Live, YouTube. You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, Xbox Music something. Or the RSS feed, just go to ascully.com, click on the word podcast, you can subscribe, whatever you want to do. Listen to them right on the page if you feel like it. Email feedback to me at ascully at ascully.com, don't email SidTalk, she really dislikes all of you. And that is not true. Finally, stay classy. I just don't need to be everyone's friend. Correct. Um, and finally, stay classy. I was going to say... Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Even though it's nice, nice movie. Presents. He's classy, though. Correct. And I'm glad you said it for me, because I still can't I know. And I'm going to say, think for yourself. Think for yourself. Or someone is doing it for you. Or no one gives a shit, because you're not doing any thinking at all. 